everybody, and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast that's one of the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. How are you lovely people doing today? It's good to be back on our 25th episode. We are quarter of the way to 100 people, quarter of the way to the 100, and what the best way to do it, by doing a top list, like uh, we always like to do a top list when we always come back to that, but we'll get to that in a minute, because obviously we've got some lovely, lovely hosts joining us today. We've got a full house, people, a full house today. We have Chaz, Fergus, and James. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, enjoying the good weather we got recently. Um, not looking forward to the heat wave that is apparently on our doorstep. Thirty-six degrees, possibly next week. Oh gosh, it's my birthday next week. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> I hope my gift to myself is not to just melt into a puddle. Ice cream. Yeah. Lots yeah. Of ice cream. But um, so obviously uh, myself and Fergus were here last week. But let's let's just do a bit of a roundtable. Chaz, you've uh, you've been away for a bit. How how, how have you been, man? Since we last heard from you, been alright, dude. Yeah, just I don't know, busy, I guess, just doing stuff here and there. I've been desperately trying to catch up with all the TV shows that are just coming out one after the other. Really, really enjoying the boys at the moment. Um, that's been uh, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. Oh, we also caught um the latest Doctor Strange because that's now on Disney Plus and uh, enjoyed that one a lot too. Yeah, no, it's a really good film. Uh, I, I will say it's not the best. I think they could have improved it in places. Uh, so from a movie called Multiverse of Madness, there was not as much multiverse as I would have liked our time spent in them. The madness is more implied with character than multiverse itself. So, And I know some people I know just didn't how like how Scarlet Witch was characterized in the movie, though people are thinking she ain't dead. She, she there's no way you're getting rid of elizabeth olsen they think that her she's been captured by someone at the basically where at the end of that movie there's a red blip she, they think she's been captured by someone that's linked to loki so um that'd be very interesting to see going forward uh yeah but no um i myself i've watched stranger things i've watched the two final episodes god fucking damn it that that final episode is two and a half hours long yeah, I need to find a good day, well, a good several days to sit down and churn through these because I do want to see them, but they're uh, they're not so easy to binge anymore. Well, the fact that like the average episode is an hour and 15, episode 7 is an hour and 38, 8 is an hour and a half, and then 9 is 2 hours and 2 and a half hours. It is like, I, I yeah, because my, my family watched it the night before me and they, they, they call me teared and teary and everything. I was like, oh shit, don't tell me anything. And all they said to me was pineapple pizza. And I'm like, okay, that was the weirdest comment ever. But honestly, like I watched, I got up at like 9am for a Saturday, which is early. I watched it and Jesus Christ, it was an emotional roller coaster, and it's the best it's ever been. Um, what they pulled off is just, you could definitely tell they had the budget this season. I, I, I'm, I'm looking to do a review when a few more people have watched it, but yeah, that that's it. It's just brilliant honestly and uh we will have a news item a bit later on in that so um going over to you james how you been man yeah not too bad uh i've not started watching strange things season four i is on my list to do but i am intimidated by the uh each episode being a short bit being a film so uh, but we'll get around to it at some point i'm currently, I'm currently it's been a long time to get around but i'm currently uh watching season two of snowpiercer i've got about three episodes left so um hoping to finish that soon that's another great show um, yeah. that I've been keeping up with. Yeah, I love that one. Unfortunately, uh, only one more season, Chaz, if you uh, saw the news. So season four is the last, unfortunately. I mean, that's okay. Like, honestly, as long as they end it in a, uh, a satisfying way, in a way they had planned, and it's not like a budget thing, I'm all good with that. 
I mean, yeah, like, I mean, obviously you've seen the end of season three. Like, I've caught up with that now. And how they ended that without spoilers, James, we won't spoil it. Uh, it definitely, it definitely is at that point where you could see the this season being the final season, which I think is really good. Yeah, it's not like yeah. the Expanse where you kind of, you get to the fourth season, you're like, Mm. Yeah, so James is taking his headphones off so he can't hear. <laughs> right. uh, we 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 didn't spoil a single thing. Um, it was uh, it's just um, it's it's interesting to know that shows do have an ending. I definitely want to have an expanse discussion at one point because I I loved the series. I do have my gripes with the final season. Um, like I think they could have changed a few things to actually make it quite perfect. But yeah, so people, you know, it's it's great to have Chaz and uh, James back here tonight. And obviously, the lovely Fergus joining us again this week. How how's your week been since we last spoken? Uh, a huge amount to report. Uh, been getting out, enjoying the weather, going for walks, that sort of stuff, and still really playing Forza Five. It's it's just very easy to sort of just grind away at casually. Um, I'm making progress, but also just basically just driving around. It's quite good. I also have not well. I started watching Stranger Things. Uh, I maybe got four episodes into the first series and basically nothing happens. So I was like, I don't have time for this. And then picked Keep watching. Up five. <laughs> Keep watching. That's what I'm going to say. Keep watching. It, 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 it's one of those shows where it's it snowballs. So mm. it, it just it just keeps going. Yeah, it just, the first season is very narrative heavy based and it's very like building the world. And mm. the fourth season, kind of the opposite. That's what I'm going to say to that, mm. <laughs> which is insane. Uh, and I will say, like the, I will say the 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 what they introduce in the fourth season, um, character wise, perfect. And they bring a character which is epic. Uh, but yes, uh, but glad to have everyone back. So yeah, obviously we're probably going to touch on the strange things in a tiny bit uh, later on as well, relating to the uh, times. But um, obviously, people, you know. Last week, we had our most anticipated games for the remainder of 2022. Shout out to Serial Cleaners for giving us a, giving us a little bit of a like there. Obviously, that was uh, uh, Fergus's number one uh, indie game choice for uh, the rest of 2022. Looks like a very interesting game. Also, him learning that it's sort of like a sequel to a, um original. Yeah, I haven't got around to playing the prequel yet, but um, still super hype for Serial Cleaners. Sneaking and cleaning. It's, yeah, it's, yeah I, got, I like the unique concept games. Yeah, definitely. And also, no God of War announcement yet. Well, everybody, it seems that God of War did have its announcement, and we'll do a little sneak. I will be cutting in a tiny bit of news in the news section. Yo, I will do a little fanfare horn as we go into that. Back to the podcast. And I will say this, I just want to preface this. Um, people out there, if you abuse a game developer, send them any abuse to a game developer online because the release date hasn't been announced, um, do one. Like, uh, just just do one because at the end of the day, these people are hardworking and um, they don't they don't deserve your abuse. You know, these people are taking their time. As Corey Barlog said, they're taking their time. They want to reveal it when it's ready. And no, come on, people. It's God of War, you know, just just give it a bit of time. You're going to get you're going to get they've said it's going to be 2022. They have said this. It's not delayed. Just give it a bit more time. And when it is revealed, indulge in all its glory. Glory, boy. Enjoy, indulge in it. Just don't abuse developers. Fuck, just don't. It, it, it's wrong. And uh, yeah, just uh, and just and just really take it in. Enjoy when we all come together and really enjoy that game. I just want to just wanted to preface that. 
Uh, but yeah, that was obviously my uh, top choice for uh, anticipated games of 2022. But this week, we are going to be getting into, obviously, linking with Thor, Love and Thunder coming out with all that Hemsworth ass on Friday, uh, which uh, we can confirm we will be seeing in the movie. It won't be pixelated. They, uh, Taika Waititi has confirmed. Uh, <laughs> uh, so obviously, you know, with Love and Thunder coming out Friday, which we will be doing a review for people, that will be released next tuesday most likely so you'll get a little extra episode next week um we're going to be doing our top five superhero movies of all time no so i just want to preface this isn't just mcu this isn't just dc this is any film that has any superhero vigilante hero aspect to it that could be classified in that region so we want to be very broad in this aspect also i'm going to tell you this now people the most difficult list i've ever fucking created like it is like, I went through other websites, top lists of 80 movies. Like, I was looking at stuff like, you know, The Phantom with Billy Zane and, like, you know, The Rocketeer and, like, the 90s. And I created an honorable list with over 20 on. And I was like, don't worry, there's only three. There's only three on my list now on honorable mentions. But they're more like, you know, the very um, defining in a a certain aspects. And I know we all had sort of an issue coming of our list today. Yeah, for sure. There's just, well, obviously, there's a lot of superhero movies out there. Um... And, you know, it's not, like you said, it's not just the obvious ones as well. There's a lot to pick from. Um, hopefully we got a, some nice variety, but I assume we'll uh, probably overlap mm. a few times. It was definitely very hard for me not to make my whole list Batman films. I found this quite an easy list to make, actually. Um, I went through you. Rotten Tomatoes' top 80 superhero films and managed to pick five that I definitely very much enjoy. That was the eighty the eighty list I went I went through as yeah. well. I went through uh Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, oh god damn it, fair enough, all right then. But yes, people, so obviously you know, um if you've been here with uh for us for twenty-five episodes now, you know we like to get into that news at the beginning. Uh and then we'll get onto the topic afterwards. Uh we are now gonna be putting timestamps in our episodes. So you can actually jump between news items and also if you want to just skip to the main topic as well. I know some people just want to hear our lovely voices and our lovely uh opinions on what we talk about. So, obviously, hey guys, shall we get to some news? Yes. Why not? What has been going on this week? It seems that Taron Egerton is going from Elton John to possibly playing Wolverine in the MCU. Now, the right height, I'll tell you that for sure right now. Uh, but yeah, so this is coming from Empire. Uh, supposedly, uh, um, talking with the New York Times, uh, Edgerton has hinted they'd be interested in playing Wolverine and that um, he's even uh, had a meeting with Kevin Feige and the Marvel team. There's not been confirmed what casting ideas might have been discussed. Now, it's been a long discussion. Taron Edgerton is actually at the top of lists for a lot of people to play Wolverine. I think he's the perfect age, you know. Um, I think, like, he's an, he's an amazing actor. I think, I, think he, I think he disappears within his role as well. Like, you know, and also... I think if you're going to have an actor, Hugh Jackman has literally set a bar. There are like mm. actors in this world, like Robert Downey Jr., you know, even um, Tobey Maguire when Spider-Man was about and everything. And, you know, Christopher Reeves is still talk about to this day for Superman. You know, actors who sort of like set a bar for a character and you don't know who could take over that role afterwards. And Taron Egerton, I could see it, to be honest. I can, I can actually see it. To be fair, you mentioned Tobey Maguire. I mean, you say that like, people get well known and they become that role you know um uh tom holland kind of made it seem you know prove that you're not set in that role you know he was an amazing spider-man as well so um we'll see what happens but yeah it's uh it's interesting to see that um they are considering bringing back wolverine i suppose it was probably inevitable really they weren't gonna throw away that character forever just because hugh jackman was done with it 
But uh, yeah, we'll see see what happens. And yeah, like you said, with the, where with the height, we'll see if they actually lean into that, um, like they didn't first time around. And obviously, you know, it's going off here as well. Final fact: Edgerton has worked with Hugh Jackman on a movie called Eddie the Eagle, uh, based on that, you know, that Olympic skiing uh, movie. So obviously, you know, nice little link there. I, I I think with this movie though, like Patrick Stewart is another one. You know, it just goes to casting. Like the X Men is going to be the most difficult thing to bring into the mcu because obviously they've not had mutants up until this point and how they do it i don't know how they're going to pull it off because obviously the fantastic four are coming as well uh and i think honestly that's going to be a 60s movie um like set in the 60s they're going to be time stuck in time and then they're going to be brought into the present um we'll probably talk about more of that when more people have seen um other films that have been and tv shows have been talked about recently i definitely recommend watching the new miss marvel tv show miss marvel miss marvel tv show because that does link to um some things coming up hinting because uh kevin feige has said um that we will find out the grand plan in a in a few months time so yeah uh really looking forward to that um i think wolverine shouldn't be stuck to the x-men because i know he interacts with a lot of marvel characters like spider-man especially and miss marvel he actually does have a good relationship with Ms. Marvel in the comic book, so I think that'd be really interesting to have. So going over to our next news item. Uh, so there's a certain hero that could have stopped Thanos in one foul sweep or butt sweep, as you might say. Uh, so obviously, people, if you know um, the meme that goes around online that why didn't Ant-Man just go at Thanos's ass and just expand? Uh, this is um, this is <laughs> this is funny because. Uh, on the latest a Disney Wish Cruise, uh, that actually starts off with a it's a Marvel themed dining experience uh, called the Avengers Quantum Encounter, and Paul Rudd and uh, eventually Lily as Ant Man and the Wasp appear in an introduction video to welcome the uh, welcome fans to the experience, and it seems that <laughs> Paul Rudd as Ant Man decides to talk about you know why he couldn't do it because. Initially, it's gross, and then he gets cut off uh, by a uh, um, wasp. I think this is absolutely hilarious, only because it's actually been in another property. We won't spoil because we recommend go watching it. That's actually just been uh, on TV recently. That shows just goes to show that can end up quite fucked up, to be honest, that that happened. And what's to say if Ant-Man went up there, you know, Thanos just didn't squeeze his butt cheeks and Ant-Man just went pop. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pull out that Fergus is just giving me what the fuck, Nate. Look, you know, I'm just... I haven't come across this meme uh, before today, and um, confused as to where this has come from. I mean, I, I guess trying to find those plot holes is a thing people do, but that is quite a plot hole. Well, not plot hole. It's more like a mm. meme about the movie, and I know the the scene that Nate is referring to as well. I was going to mention the show, but. I don't know if you want to keep that quiet. It's not exactly a spoiler, but yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Like watching the show and you in going to the season, you know, oh my fucking god, what the what the fuck? Like I, I swear to Chad's about it when he finally watched it and uh the react yeah, just speak to him later about it. <laughs> it was... what, what I love is it's it's like ten minutes into the first episode of the new season. It's just like, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna lay out this is what this season's gonna be like. Deal with it. You know what? I think we could say the season because if it's the first ten minutes in, you, yeah, you just do yeah. it. It's not a spoiler. It's the, it's the boys. Like the boys, obviously, the boys is very good at like going up against co comic book standards. Like last season, it was DC with the rise of the Seven and Justice League jokes. This season, it is uh, Marvel, especially with Captain America uh, for one for uh, the new Jensen Ackles character, Soldier Boy. Like 
complete op- obscenticus of that character. And um, yeah, no, I, I just think it's hilarious. Like they do something in that first 10 minutes, which I'm not going to go into perfectly because I think you do need to see it to, to believe it. it is one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen. The first 10 minutes into a season, it just goes to show you that they do not care the season like at and all. It doesn't let up either. No, not not in the slightest. Not in the slightest at all. So yeah, obviously, you know, it's really interesting to think a Disney cruise starts off with Ant-Man talking about the whole going out of Thanos' ass joke, and it just continues from there. I know they there is a video out online of, like, the actual experience, like uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America, Brie Larson, and Miss Marvel are all fighting Ultron. Uh, so you actually do get to see, like, a little sequence of that, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, I, and I believe it's the guy who voices Aaron in The Walking Dead who came back to do the voice of Ultron, because I know he does the voice of... Um, I believe he did the voice in the What If series and he does Red Skull in Endgame. So obviously Hugo Weaving didn't come back. So, anyone a Top Gun fan here? Anyone seen Top Gun and not no. interested in that? No, I'm, no. I'm just getting the whole, yeah. So basically, very quick thing here. Obviously, we now have Paramount Plus in the UK. Uh, so people can finally watch Halo. I uh, still think it's weird how they only released the first three episodes initially. You know, it's been out in America in its entirety, finished for the last couple of, uh, maybe at least the last month. So I don't know why they just didn't do that here as well. Uh, so we're getting, we're possibly getting Top Gun Maverick, which I've heard is brilliant, by the way. I've heard, I've heard comparisons to the last 40 minutes that are like Mad Max Fury Road level insanity. Like, um, yeah, Chaz just... Uh, Chaz yeah, that's quite like crazy. Yeah, yeah, no. So basically, because this movie's already made over a billion dollars now. And this, this is Tom Cruise's highest grossing film ever. Like, which is, which is interesting for Tom Cruise, because Tom Cruise is a legend unto himself. And... You know, to think Mission Impossible films have never broken a billion, at least, or, or, or to the level it is at. But yeah, so um, obviously with Top Gun Maverick, this is going off of IGM. They tried to put their films on um, streaming 45 days after, sort of like Disney Plus does. So the idea would be it goes on streaming services July 11th, which would be next week. So I'm wondering how that will play out uh, over in the UK as well. I wonder if we'll get it at the same time. We should, definitely, to be honest. But I've not seen the original. I only really know of Top Gun because I've seen Hot Shots, um, the, the the parody film back in the day. So I know how the how know how hot how I know how Top Gun goes. But I've heard Top Gun Maverick is amazing, uh, even, and it, it's highly recommended to go to watch it. So a bit sad I didn't see it in the cinema. I've been doing other stuff, but I'm looking forward to seeing when it eventually comes out on streaming. Going over to another legacy uh, film though that is coming out. So obviously. Um, we're getting Avatar The Way of the Water later this year. Uh, obviously, Avatar 2 and Avatar 3 coming out. So, obviously, you know, we're going, the plan is to get Avatar 4 and 5 as well. Uh, I believe they are working on it. I don't think it's... I don't think they're in production yet. I believe they've already worked on Avatar 2 and 3, and they are coming out. But Avatar 4 and 5 are not. But James Cameron might not reveal, reveal that it might be another filmmaker who actually directs those movies. Uh, so I'm wondering if he'll probably go into an executive producer capacity, but going off of M- uh, comingsoon.net, uh, the Empire films themselves are kind of all consuming. I've got some other things I want, I'm developing as well that are much exciting. I think eventually over time, I don't know if it's that's after three or, or three or after four, I want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so I can do some other stuff that I'm also interested in, or maybe not, I don't know. So I think it's just because James Cameron is a pioneer in filmmaking. You know, he's brought some of the the most visually stunning movies ever, like, you know, break groundbreaking filmmaking technology. You know, we had Aliens, Terminator 2, Titanic, Avatar, you know. And to be fair, it's been a long time since Avatar now. It's, it's been like 2009, 
I want to say, like, or 2012. It's within that time. It's been at least 10 years since we've had Avatar. I believe Chaz is Googling right now. Uh, so, but yeah, it's in, going back and looking at that film, it's still visually stunning today. It's pretty much Pocahontas in space, but it's still visually stunning today. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to see where it goes. I know a lot of people criticize the animation uh, for this movie, uh, the sequel. But if you compare Avatar 1 and the trade of Avatar 2, it is leagues apart. Like, I watched a... Uh, corridor digital uh youtube uh video a vfx breakdown and they talked about the water alone and how it soaks into the fabric in the 3d and how just like how that how stunning like you know because they mostly captured the water for this movie which is pure insanity in my opinion and obviously they're bringing back characters like Stephen lang and sigourney weaver uh which have been revived. i'm not gonna spoil it for you i know who the characters they're playing but I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, and, and to see this is four or five film, four or five films. I'd like to see where this goes. It'd be interesting to see which director takes over for him afterwards. I, I, I think maybe once Avatar two comes out and if uh, three and four do go into, uh, four and five go into production, who could take over? Well, so each director brings their own style. Um, so going, say if if the baton gets handed over to say uh, Christopher Nolan for some really dark Avatar oh, I don't know. films. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I play that I, game. See, with Avatar, I can understand this movie. So I think if Nolan takes over, depending if he goes the Batman route or the Inception route, I might not be able to understand Avatar 4 and 5 when that comes in. But, you know, I, I mean, Gilmero Del Toro or um, uh, Bloomcamp. Yeah. Or Bloom, Bloomcamp. Tim Burton uh, Avatar. Tim Burton. That'd be weird. <laughs> I, do you know what? I'd actually like if if you reined in the Burtonness. Mm. Um, but That's would you point bring... with getting Tim Burton? <laughs> uh, yeah. Would you bring uh, Johnny Depp back though? Because mm. if if you have a if you have a Burton film, you yeah, know, so you have Depp. Yeah, and I mean, and also um, uh, Helen Bonham Carter. I mean, yeah. Helen Bonham Carter is an amazing actress unto herself. So you know, I'd be interested. I mean, Kate Winslet's in this film, so. Kate Winslet and uh, Helen Bonner Carter in a movie together. I'd be interested to see I, that. I just had a mental image of um, not, of uh, Johnny Depp, Navi, like <laughs> that's a Jack Sparrow Navi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Jack Sparrow, but yeah, he could play it anyway. But yeah, that'd be. Uh, I am. I am currently trying to find out who directed the um, various Smurf movies that exist because uh, they've got some <laughs> experience with. Uh... <laughs> Really, that's the answer, and we can stop the conversation now. Yep, Smurf director sorted. Yeah. Awesome source, awesome. Right. Well, I guess we'll. I just would we'll go go with the Smurf director. James wins there. We'll uh, we will go over to the next and we will go over to the next item. So that's our movies. We're now jumping over to TV. Uh, so obviously, we're getting more Star Wars content coming out this year. Obviously, Obi Wan has recently finished. Um, got my opinions about Obi Wan. Uh, loved the finale, especially uh, certain sequences. I think played out really well. Hayden Christensen has been redeemed in my eyes. Um, I'm, and obviously he is coming back for the Ahsoka TV series that has been confirmed. Wondering how that's going to play out. I think it's going to have to be flashbacks or Force Ghost, at least. If you've seen Star Wars Rebels, you'll know what I'm going on about. But we are getting the Star Wars Andor TV series, which is coming out in August. Obviously, this is follows Cassian Andor from um, Star Wars Rogue One, obviously the uh, Rebel Spy. And this comes out in August. Uh, it's now been confirmed that the first season is 12 episodes. It's going to follow the... It's going, And then the second season, which they've already confirmed, is going to be another 12 episodes. But how they've planned out the two seasons is interesting to me because the first season will be over one... will be at the span of uh, 
five will be a span of one year, and then the second season will be uh one year, sorry three years per episode. So uh, that'll be really interesting to be honest. So uh f- so three so f- four years will take place over um twelve episodes, and then it will go- end going into uh Rogue One starting. So we'll find out how that plays out. So obviously you know. I really liked the uh, Cassian Andor, uh, or just the Andor trade. It had a very like fallen order vibe to it. Just it gets in how it had that you know the Mongolian throat singing at the beginning of the trailer. But when it comes to that, I'm really looking forward to see what happens. And it is like a, I love the fact that they've already got this entire thing planned out from the get go. It's just two seasons, start to end, and you know where it's going. And I mean, to be fair, you know how his story ends pretty much. Like if you've seen Rogue One, it's it's not it's. Rogue One is not is not a happy movie for a, for a, for a lot of good reasons and did bring back Darth Vader in a very badass way. James is just like I don't, I don't care. It's, it's the Star Wars. I'm, I'm at this. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, no. But for this, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like the dark side of Star Wars, like the Empire taking over and the rebellion like forming. And we, you've got Mon Mothma in this as well, and Stellan Skarsgård is in it as well, and. Just seeing like the dirty, the dirty, grimy side of Star Wars and how this builds up, and yeah, I'm really and uh, Diego Luna is a great actor. Uh, I believe he's actually going to be in. Uh, oh no, he isn't. No, sorry, he's going to be in another property I've seen recently. But yeah, so I uh, really look forward to seeing this. And I know uh, Tony Gilroy, um, who actually wrote uh, Rogue One, is actually coming back to work on this as well. So having the writer carry over is really awesome. So obviously, Rogue One is coming out in August, and I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Going over to another TV series there that just time-wise, people, time, time and everything. I'm talking about Stranger Things. Uh, so Matt and Ross Duffer, the Duffer brothers, have confirmed that obviously this season's episode lengths have been questionable in like, are they TV shows or are they films? Because the average episode for the first seven episodes they released was about an hour and 50 minutes. The last two episodes, which were just released over the weekend, were two films. Like episode eight was longer than Deadpool, I believe. Uh, the movie uh, hour and 30 uh, just or oh, it might just been under hour and 28 minutes hour and 38 minutes and the final episode is about two and a half hours which is almost 30 minutes longer than the recent doctor strange movie and the new love and thunder movie coming out it's half an hour longer than those which is insane but i will say this the wrap-up is perfect and just amazing they've said that, that they're going into the writer's room in august i believe and also they actually reference return of the king and how they want to actually end the series the, the, the series finale will have be a lot longer It'll have like a Return of the King style ending. So they want to wrap it up very well because they a lot of people criticize the endings of Return of the King. And they do say like, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see how that plays out. It's interesting that they reference Return of the King. So from my memory, Return of the King ends like six or seven different times. Yeah. So like that's over a... the span of an hour, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so that that's the that's the thing. Like they uh, they basically said, like if you watch uh, the Lord of the Rings films separately over time, it it can feel like a it, you know it can be under- interesting why they did that. But if you watch them like you know if you binge them essentially like the Stranger Things TV shows, the endings aren't that long compared to because obviously if you watch you know or because I I watch all the recent Lord of the Rings films in a day, those endings weren't as long as I remember. Like you know, but it it plays up perfectly. You know, it wraps everything up. And I think mm. taking that approach does work. And I know they're still aiming for like maybe eight episodes of the next season. I believe that's what they're saying. How the episode lengths play out, I'm wondering how it would be. But I'm wondering if the final episode would be two and a half, three hours long. Like if, if, 
if they well, there's a recent Netflix film uh, or Indian movie R R R that's three hours long, and yeah. So this is quite interesting. Um, it kind of feeds off the cinema versus streaming thing. Like cinemas need to churn over films because you're paying per film, but you want like sheer con- level of content for streaming. There's, there isn't really a limit in how long these things can be, apart from maybe budget. Yeah, so, no. I mean, we could be talking four-hour episodes, six-hour episodes. Like, well, I think if movies do go to the length of three hours continuously, they do need to have a matinee in the middle. I think they need to return the matinee. They need to, you know, they yeah. need to have a break. That I th- that needs to happen. You know, they needs to return. Like, I, people criticize the Snyder Justice League film, but that was four hours long. But the way he cut those movies, they go to black in six chapters, six seven chapters. And you can easily, easily have a break within that period. Like, you know, and I, I could easily go to a cinema to watch a four hour movie, two, two hours, if had a, if had a break, if had a 20 minute break in the middle. Mm. Easy, easily doable. And I think if you could pull that off, it'll be, I think it'd be an interesting conversation because I know James Cameron has said he's not going to shorten his films. He's because his movies are always long. Titanic is almost three hours, mm. three and a half, three and a half for the extended edition. I think this three hours is definitely considered the exception, generally. Yeah. 90 minutes-ish is kind of standard for films. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Like over two hours is, yeah, quite standard. I I feel like that wasn't always the case as well. I don't know if that's just me. No, give give me, like, this one about Deadpool. Hour and 30, in, out, done. Like, you Mm. know, perfect. And it had one one thing to do. Uh, To be fair, though, you've got certain films, like films we might be talking about later, which had so much to wrap up in need of the time. But mm. I think there are certain films which don't need that length and just go on for so long. And I think if those films do play out, they do need... I think people would appreciate the break as well. Mm. They'd, they'd honestly appreciate the break. Like, I think they would. Well, um, it's, so... it's just when we were talking about individual TV episodes, so to get through that season, quite a few hours, you you very very much struggle to binge watch that. Like... A oh lot yeah. Of people would fit in an episode a week if they dedicated their Saturday evenings to that. I mean, and then there's me watching like the the seven episodes pretty much in a night. I I, I or a night in the in the morning. I you know pretty much did that. Like, uh, but I mean, well, the final two episodes of Strange Things are four hours or three hours and fifty five minutes. That's two Each. episodes. No, no, in total. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and like I had to watch that because I did not want to be spoiled. So yeah. I had to get up and before you know I did my routine of chores i had to get that done but i think i think that's a bigger conversation we can have later down the line and i i definitely think i honestly think cinema should reintroduce matinees that's a big thing for me and i think a lot of people would appreciate it so going on to our final section very quickly is our game section boy you people can back off the devs now because the release date has finally been announced people that's right god of war ragnarok has finally announced the release date and it is coming out the 9th of november 2022 or november 9th 2022 in america so that's 9 11 2022 for the rest of the world or 11 9 2022 for america this is an amazing announcement it came with a cgi uh, trailer for, called father and son it's about 30 to 40 seconds long or about a minute round about that. But no, honestly, this was absolutely brilliant. I think it's a case of this is a perfect time for this game to come out. I know Forspoken has moved out from the October date and I'm wondering if this might have had something to do with it. We don't know that. 
but it's just a case of the fact that we finally got the announcement, people. We finally got the releasement, the release date for this game, and I cannot wait to play this game. They also announced alongside this a collection, a bunch of collectors, collection versions. So they've got four different versions. They've got the standard edition, the digital deluxe edition, the collector's edition, and the Yotna edition. So uh, just quickly go through these. Obviously, the standard edition comes with a digital and physical uh, standard digital and physical comes with a full game for PS4 and PS5. Uh, with the digital deluxe edition comes with a bunch of armors, uh, mini art book, avatar set, PS4 theme. I'm wondering if we'll get the PS5 theme for that. That'd be interesting. Some uh, weapon customizations. When it comes to the collector's editions, though, this is pretty interesting. So the game won't be coming with a disc version of the game, which is very interesting. It'll only be coming with a printed voucher code uh, for the game on PS4 and PS5. The collector's edition will come with a steelbook display case, though known game discs will be included, and it depicts a rendition of the bear and the wolf. It will come with two veneer twin carvings, um, dwarven die set, a 16-inch Mjolnir replica. Now, I'm very interested in seeing this. I don't know if I'll be able to afford it myself, but... Maybe later down the line, uh, it'll be a really interesting piece to have. Obviously, uh, and the rest of what the Digital Deluxe Edition has. The Ragnarok Yartner Edition uh, includes a 7-inch vinyl record with music from Bear McCreary. includes two tracks from the club poser. It includes a falcon, bear, and wolf pin set representing Faye, Kratos, and Atreus, respectively. Uh, the Legend of the Draw... Drop near ring, uh, a ring from Norse mythology. Uh, Brock's dice set, a lovely cloth map depicting the nine realms and the branch of a uh, Yggdrasil, uh, and yeah, uh, everything else that was just mentioned. This is interesting that the fact that the game doesn't have a disc, um, a disc for the collector's edition. Don't get me wrong, I won that Mjolnir, I won that hammer, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens there. So, yeah, again, people. We finally got the release date. Uh, we don't have any gameplay for this game yet, so I'm wondering maybe with Gamescom a little bit down the line, we may get this game uh, gameplay, or if uh, PlayStation decide to do a September showcase, it'll be pretty cool to have there. So yes, people, that is it. Back off the devs now. Uh, you've got your announcement. You've got your release date. Cannot wait for this game. On to the next title. It seems that Ubisoft have announced their next like. Ubisoft Forward is like their, you know, their reveal streams for their titles. And not just that, it seems we're finally getting a full look at Skull and Bones, the uh, pirate ship game a dedicated showcase, which is coming out uh, this week, actually. Oh. Uh, on uh, It is coming out on Thursday uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific Central Time, 8 a.m. Central, uh, Central Standard Time for Europe and 7 p.m. for British Summertime. So I'm interested to see what they do here. Obviously, Skull and Bones has been a an interesting film review because you know it's it's been delayed a rework. Um, mm -hmm. obviously, this came out after this. Obviously, game was in development after Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which was a, a brilliant game. Uh, really looking forward to seeing how this game plays out because I was a really big fan of Black Flag. Uh, I'm hoping that you know there'll be big multiplayer aspects of like you know. Multi, you know massive like ship sh ship to ship fights like imagine like obviously a lot of people really enjoyed um what's the um rare game that's the um oh um the thieves you mean that's yeah. it yes yeah, so obviously you know sea of thieves is sort of dominating the market right now with um the, the, the pirate game market essentially you know it's uh it's, it's bringing in that loot bringing in that booty uh that loot 
but I think it's a case. I think it's a case of like you know, so many people are still playing the game. You know, they're going into the seventh season. I want to say. So with uh, with Ubisoft coming out with this, I'm wondering how it will play out because I know their their games haven't always been like their multiplayer games haven't always been well received. Like um, Ghost Recon, oh no, oh, was it Ghost Recon? Uh, Breakpoint, uh, the re- the shooter wasn't highly well re- received when it came out. But again, they've made some amazing games. You know, Assassin's Creed, like all the Assassin's Creed games, they've got the Avatar game coming out. You know, they're doing a Star Wars game. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where the Assassin's Creed series is going. And I swear to God, going off of this Ubisoft forward, though, I want my Splinter Cell announcement. I want them to show gameplay footage of Splinter Cell. I want to see what they're doing with it. Because I, I believe they might be remaking the original. I don't know if I've heard rumors about that. But honestly, give me my Splinter Cell footage. And obviously, we're getting the Mario Rabbids uh, Sparks of Hope game coming out in October. So that's obviously a Ubisoft game, and I'm really looking forward to doing, see what they do there. But again, uh, so that's uh, September 10th, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific uh, Central Time, 8 p.m. Central Eastern Time, and 7 p.m. British Summer Time. So just really looking forward to see what we have there. Finishing off with our games, though, uh, something that uh, one of us uh, and a few of us might have enjoyed very much. So, so it seems that the, uh, a perfect way to end this new section is uh you had to put that pun in there Just yourself for fuck's sake uh so stray is now steam's most wishlisted game knocking the day before to second place this is going off of games radar upcoming kitty game stray is now steam's most wanted wishlist game knocking zombie mmo the day before down a spark following development backlash uh so i'm really looking forward to seeing this obviously the game comes out in two weeks um uh and obviously this is going to be coming out on playstation plus if you have the extra tier for free, just grab it uh, straight away. But come on, we get to play the kitty in two weeks, people. We get to play the kitty in two weeks. Yeah, I've been very much looking forward to this stray game. Um, also, Skull and Bones as well, actually. Um, but stray, yeah, I think I am one of those people who have it on wish list. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I, I don't have it. Obviously, I don't need it on wishlist because I got PlayStation Plus. So I'll be playing it there. But how, how do you feel about this, Chess? I feel like how you blatantly called out me. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it should be good. Obviously, it looks cute, and I love cats. Um, I don't know. We'll see if it's my kind of game. Like you know me, I, I'm very like weird in the sort of games I do play. But I'll definitely, um, at least check out what it looks like. Um. I'm actually surprised there's not more games with cats in it, to be honest, because uh, obviously everyone loves, well, most people love cats, so I'm surprised that uh, developers haven't made take advantage of that more. Yeah, our feline friends should be getting a uh, a huge amount of games dedicated to them. But yeah, so honestly, people, two weeks' time, get that stray in your Steam wishlist, keep it at the top spot for people, or if you have PlayStation Plus, Play the game when it comes onto your PlayStation Plus account, the extra tier and the uh, deluxe or premium tier, whatever tides there, basically the one up from the essential tier. Uh, you can play it then on July 19th. So we look forward to that, people. But right, people, that is the news, people. That is the news. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller 
Available on Amazon, in paperback or Kindle. So people, thank you for joining us after that lovely, lovely advert for James's book, Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale. So uh, really, uh, definitely go check that on Kindle, people. It'll be really uh, fun to get that book and dive into it. Uh, yes. So, everyone, we've done the news. We're now going to get into our main topic. And what a lovely, lovely topic we have. As mentioned before, this is one of the most difficult lists I've ever had to come up with. Uh, it's the top five superhero movies of all time. Now, just to preface again, that this does include any film that could include superheroes, vigilantes, heroes of any sort animated live action can be anything you want over the many many years it's happened it's not just mcu or dc so obviously you know we've all come up with our list uh we'll we'll do a bit, of, a bit of a round robin now i've put mine into a top five everyone else has pretty much you know uh just they couldn't really put them into an order so we'll just we'll just go around and everything but i'll sort of start oh yeah james is in order as well but um yeah so yeah we'll we'll see how that goes uh but when it comes to when it comes to all this and everything, we'll 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 see what we can do. So in regards to all this, I think maybe we should uh maybe we should begin. Uh so I think um I will start it off today. Uh usually I go last, but I think we'll start what we'll do is we will go myself, Chaz, Fergus, and the James, and then you go go around from there. So I'm just gonna start with my honorable mentions. Uh so my honorable mentions, my first one is Logan. I think it's a, I think it's a good honorable mention. This came out in a uh, 2017. Obviously, it was the swan song for Hugh Jackman and originally Patrick Stewart. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, this I think this film was an amazing send-off for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Such an emotional performance, such a powerful, powerful, powerful movie. And it wasn't as big as the other X-Men movies, which I think was perfect to be honest. And it was directed by James Mangold, who's gone on, who's going on to do the new Indiana Jones movie. So I have a bit of hope there. Uh, yeah, I honestly, you know, a lot of people call this the greatest, one of the greatest superhero films of all time. Unfortunately, it's not in my top five, but not because it's not one of the greatest superhero films of all time. But I just think the other ones have a lot more nostalgia factor, a lot more, a lot more emotional connection. But yeah, I, I love this film. Going on to my next honorable mention, uh, which I'm, I'm surprised if people might think this isn't in my top five. It's the original Superman 1978 film. So a lot of people might be surprised that this isn't in my top five, since, you know, I'm a massive Superman fan. The reason it's in my honorable mentions is mainly because it's, well, it's the superhero movie that kicked it all off. You know, it's the movie where you believe a man could fly. The The fact that at the time, looking at the Google here, it had a budget of $55 million, which was the most expensive film made at that date back in, you know, that time period. And obviously Superman 1 and 2 were filmed consecutively. Uh, and it has one of the greatest orchestral scores ever. Obviously, going by John Williams, if you listen to our podcast last week about the John Williams uh, news section, him retiring from film, you know, here in, if you play that theme anywhere in the world or you show this symbol anywhere in the world, pretty much anyone is going to know who this character is. And Christopher Reeves portrayed this character in such a graceful, powerful manner. And the way he portrayed this character as both Clark Kent and Superman, showing that this character could... Be, this man could be two people at once and he could get away with it how his demeanor changed you know his posture and just it just it just enlightened me when i was when i was so young to see this and the first other time i ever heard this theme song was on an lp with uh star wars and alien on a um on a lp record so and then seeing the movie just blew my mind so yeah that was uh my other honorable mention my final one 
which uh, a lot of people might not put on their list, is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So, obviously, you know, this film is classed as a romantic action comedy directed by Edgar Wright, uh, based on the graphic novel Scott Pilgrim. But I class this as a superhero movie because, in, in the superhero world, because it, it's, it's, it's a video game movie as well. He's fighting um, multiple enemies who have powers. The final fight ends with, actually ends with him fighting himself, which is a very big superhero trope. Uh, the, the the anti version of them the anti Scott as it were uh, and Michael Scarrett gives a great performance um, obviously this is uh, just before Chris Evans took over the role went on to play Captain America so and also uh, Scott Pilgrim beats up Superman Captain America <laughs> and uh, and a few other people because obviously Brandon Ralph is in this movie as the vegan as the vegan villain uh, and he just come off of uh, Superman and also Brie Larson is in the film uh, yeah Brie, La- uh, Brie Larson is in the film as well and obviously she's gone on to play Captain Marvel so a lot of characters from this film who've uh, gone on to be in the MCU and also like you know in very big superheroes obviously Thomas Jane who plays an uncredited vegan police obviously he was the Punisher just so so many people it was uh, hilarious to be in this film and I thought and visually the film is absolutely stunning I mean Edgar Wright has done some amazing amazing movies I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does next i still need to see that recent film he did um uh last night last night in soho uh, which is like you know so past um, the present yeah no i haven't seen that i need to see that too i forgot about that one thanks for the reminder yeah no definitely and obviously baby driver is so good so yeah and that's my final honorable mention so i'm gonna hand it over to Chaz now Chaz, you want to give us your honorable mentions sure thing i will rattle through them quickly uh i was also going to mention scott pilgrim for much the same reasons you do uh, i really enjoy all of Edgar wright's movies that i've seen so far um of course infinity war was uh you know everyone knows that was a really great movie i don't need to speak about it too much but i did enjoy it um i also recently caught up with the new spider-man trilogy after not seeing any of them and uh yeah they were really fun um you know a bit more light-hearted although not so much towards the end um so that was good and uh i also wanted to mention x-men first class um for nice bringing show. x-men who are high quality, you know, we all know about the the older ones and they were good for the time because we didn't have a lot to compare it to. But yeah, uh, First Class definitely elevated that and uh, I really enjoyed that one. And uh, there was one more one I wanted to mention because I don't think I'll ever get to talk about it in other topics. And that is um, a film called Mystery Men. Uh, it's from 1999. Uh, it's kind of like a parody um superhero movie before we had this big flood of movies but i think that i actually re-watched it for this episode and uh, it still holds up you know it's, it's a smaller movie smaller scale but the characters are good it's kind of like you know nothing I too serious it. yeah i know you don't like it but uh... i mean i mean it being purely because i don't know it is one of those parodies which is just a little bit too silly it's but you know Austin Powers style kind of lowest common denominator humor at points for this. It is like I would say it's not you know a super serious film and yeah it's quite no no it's quite not, silly. I think I think I think there are there's certain ways to do comedy that I prefer. So if you're gonna look at like Spy John, I prefer Johnny English over uh, Austin Powers. So it's just it's a different style of comedy, which is to my taste. So completely understand if you like it, but it wasn't to my taste. Yeah, it makes sense. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite or anything. Go on, Nate. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I just uh, the the amount of actors in that movie as well is just insane. Like the big, big named actors. Um, obviously Ben Stiller was on the come up with uh, Zoolander around that time. Uh, obviously you had a uh, Hank Azaria. Obviously he'd been in um. You know, a lot of properties, including The Simpsons, at that point. Uh, Greg Kinnear, Jeffrey Rush, Eddie Izzard. 
Uh, and I, 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 my favorite from that movie is uh, Kel, Kel Mitchell, uh, the Invisible Boy. I, ju- I just think his superpowers is this is the stupidest out of all of them, mind you. Uh, Hank Azaria, the Blue Raja. I was going to say, uh, yeah. Why don't you throw knives? <laughs> oh, I, I, I did like his character actually. The uh, little twist um, in the middle of that character is really cool. Yeah. yeah. No. Honestly, that that is, that is a hilarious movie too. I, I I definitely need to need to rewatch that movie. Just I think uh, to be fair, I think one reason why I just didn't like it, I just a guy whose superpower is farting. That's that that is literally the reason. It's like he's. One of my least favourite parts of that, I will agree. Um, and just before I round off on this, uh, I wasn't sure if this would count because we were talking about films based on like comics and stuff. Apparently, it's loosely based on a comic called Flaming Carrot Comics, which was some kind of parody, surreal superhero comic. No idea what that is, but there you go. It technically counts. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like at the end of the day, if it has superhero in it, I'm, I'm counting that that is the best way to go. But that is an honourable honorable mentions list, dude. I would have never thought to put Mystery Machines on there myself. Uh, Mystery, Mystery Machines. Mystery Men on there myself. Sort of combining worlds there. But I think we're going to pass along now to Fergus. What are your, some of your honourable mentions, dude? Honourable mentions? Uh... It's a hard one, really. Um, the My Hero, Hero Academia film, because it's an anime and deserves to be on the list. Damn, uh, why, yeah, why didn't I think <laughs> about that? I haven't seen it, but I'm, I, I'm gradually working my way through the TV series, so I feel it should get some mention. Um, also on the Rotten Tomatoes list, it did mention the Powerpuff Girls movie, which I guess also counts. Again, not, I've not seen the movie, only seen the TV series, but it needs to be up there with the Marvel, I think. So those are my two. The, the original, the original t- well, one of the original teams, as it were. I, if, you, if you're yeah. going to watch an animated comedy movie, I highly recommend the movie Teen Titans Go to the Movies. They mm. do something dark as fuck in that film. Like, me and a friend went to watch it at 10 a.m. in the morning. There was another family in there, I think, with, with their kid or whatnot. That, we were the only other people in that film. And we were laugh, laughing harder than the, the family in there. Like, and there's a particularly dark scene for a kid's film. It involves Batman and the alleyway that I did not expect coming. It, and it's just, it's just hilarious. Like, it's called Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Highly recommend that. But no, a uh, nice list selection. I would have never thought to put My Hero Academia, and I love that fucking anime series. Uh, I thought the film is absolutely brilliant. I go back and watch reactions to that all the time. Right, let's roll it over to James now. James? So I've got uh, three honourable mentions. So first one isn't necessarily because I think it's a great movie, but I think it's a movie which started off well and had so much potential that I really want to see a reboot of this movie. Uh, that is Hancock. Yes. Because the, the idea of like um, a down and out superhero who's like an alcoholic and he, he like make, makes make, makes mistakes because of it it's there's so much potential but i feel the film we had um it, it didn't go in the direction i would have liked to have seen it gone like halfway through um if i remember correctly so i would love to see a reboot of of that uh, yeah i think like with hancock i think that's an amazing movie up until the halfway point and when they introduced the the twist which i thought was it was an interesting concept, but I think the path doesn't work over the end. The one thing I do love about that film is um, the I really love the score. Like his his actual theme song, like especially the ending when he's flying away and everything. I thought it was beautiful. I, I I really do really love Hancock, and yeah, that's great on a wrench, dude. Another one I'm gonna go with is the original Hellboy. That's the Ron Perlman Hellboy. Um, because I think Ron I think Ron Perlman Perlman is 
are pretty much pretty iconic in that role. And yeah, I, I mean, it's Guillermo del Toro, and it's um, yeah, it's a really good film. Um, yeah, but, and also my final mention, uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, which is an animated movie of Batman. And if you haven't watched it, because it's one of those films that was released in 1993, to very little fanfare, a lot of people may not have seen it, but if you haven't watched it, watch it. It is really decent, uh, it's a very decent Batman Joker story, uh, with very much also like a bit of an origin story for Batman as well. And it's going to some interesting angles, it's, it's really worth watching. Yeah, I rewatched that. Uh, I listened to another podcast and they did a review for the Phantasm movie and... Uh, a retro review for it. and honestly that film for 1993 the batman story if they could pull it off in live action like maybe a bit down the line it'd have to be a bit down the line as well i think there'd have to be a few years more batman first before they did this narrative or maybe if they adapted it it would be absolutely amazing i will say on the hellboy front i know david harbour contacted ryan reynolds after hellboy came out because obviously uh ryan reynolds had the green lantern issue um which i felt sorry for because david harbour i thought when they announced him as the replacement for ron Perlman was a great choice for hellboy uh yeah. i got 10 minutes into that film and i was like nope i'm out uh can't that's one of the few films where i've gone no i can't do it i just i just can't but uh which one do you prefer hellboy one or two it was that was a difficult i was thinking about that when i came up with it was difficult for me to choose between those two it's been a few years since i've watched them so my memory might not be um as good but i'm probably gonna have to say the first one but if I rewatch them, that could that could change. Uh, but from memory, first one. I just wanted to say one of the things that annoys me about the fact that they rebooted Hellboy was that they teased a third one after Golden Army, um, yeah. and I would have liked to have seen that. So that's annoying. You know, not only did they mess it up, they uh, disrupted what was should have been a trilogy. Yeah, so. no, I definitely. I mean, maybe they could do an animated movie to finish. I, I'd be interested in that if they did an animated movie for the third one. I know we're not going to get a live action, unfortunately, but if they maybe at least finish the trilogy with a live act uh, with an animated. I know the uh, actors have done uh, animation work, and I know Doug Jones is currently in Star Trek Discovery, uh, so he's doing he's currently doing that. But yeah, no, uh, thank you very much, James. And Hellboy is an excellent, excellent choice. So. Obviously, you know, with these top lists, myself and James have put ours into a top five. Uh, Chaz and Fergus, they've uh, just sort of like made the list, but which I, which is perfectly fine, to be honest, then. You know, it's sometimes really difficult to actually order them. So what we're just going to do is we're just going to go round and we're just going to... I'm going to say a top five and then we'll just do uh, Chaz and Fergus and James, but we'll just do top five and we'll, we'll call it their provisional top five, essentially, and what, what, we, what we'd put. So, right, my number five choice. Um, do you guys know a movie with the quote... Some motherfuckers are just trying to ask it a pill. Do you know this film? No. What the no. idea? Sounds interesting. It's the film that I believe started off the modern superhero era, in my opinion. It's a film from 1998. It's a Marvel film. That is Blade. Wow. Yes. Uh, honestly, this film, I remember seeing this film maybe when I shouldn't have done. <laughs> Because it was a very violent movie. like, And also, it has one of the most badass superhero entr- in- in- entrances ever. That, that you know, that rave with the blood pouring down and then Blade walking in and then that fight sequence. I was just, it's just insane. And yeah, okay, right. The CGI is dated today, especially with the final fight sequence with uh, Steven Dorff. But I just, think, I just think this is amazing. Like people credit X Men for being like the the intro of the modern superhero movie, but I f- honestly think Blade is the intro. And obviously, we're getting Blade again with Mahershala Ali. They're doing a reboot with that, and obviously, Blade was very smally introduced in the Eternals movie in the post credit scene, uh, just voice alone. 
but I honestly think we're getting more Blade soon, sooner than we realise. But I, I honestly love this movie. Did it make as much of the box office uh, as people would thought? It was made for forty-five million. Only made one hundred and thirty-one million at the box office, which is not that much to be honest. But it, it, honestly, you know, it, it getting a cult following, which I think it's great. Blade Two is amazing with Guillermo del Toro. Blade Trinity, we won't really talk about that film to be honest. It did give us the joke of farting garlic, sounded but deadly, but with Ryan Reynolds. But yeah, no, uh, Blade, the first movie, is my number five. Honestly, if you've never seen this film, people, go watch it. The CGI is a bit dated later as the film goes on, but the, it's, that intro sequence alone should give you a, a pure joy watch of this movie. So I'm going to hand over to Chaz now for what I say is my number five, but... Give us, give us the one on your list, Chaz. Oh, yeah. Like I said, this list was difficult enough, so I've just kind of ordered them randomly. Uh, and I won't speak too much about it because you've already mentioned this one in Honorables, but it's Logan um, for much the same reason that I mentioned uh, X-Men First Class. Um, I don't read too many comics, but uh, the ones I have read have primarily been X-Men ones. Uh, they're the, you know, the superheroes I'm, I'd say I'm most into. Um, so for me, it's always good to see a really quality X-Men movie. And, you know, obviously Logan is, is well known as that. And like you said, it's a really good sign off for, um, for a lot of characters. So yeah, Logan, um, my first one, it really enjoyed it. Really good quality movie and um, good to see some X-Men characters in a more serious uh, film. And it sort of ended the X-Men movies as well. Like I know they did the new mutants movie later on, but that wasn't really connected at all to the like the main franchise of films. But yeah, Logan was yeah it was and it was so so emotionally gripping and powerful. It yeah, it was just so good. Thank thank you very much for that, Chaz. Uh, let's hop over to uh, hop over to Fergus now. So I am starting uh, with a probably one of my favourite films of all time. To be honest, uh, the Dark Knight, Batman, two thousand and eight. That uh, is slightly by, higher. Uh, yes. Well, this is an unspecified <laughs> five. Um, directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, no, like genuinely one of my favourite films, I think. Um, Batman takes on Heath Ledger's Joker. Both characters in that are played really well. The story is really tense. It builds up. It, yeah. Uh, comparing any other Batman to it, results in lower numbers for other Batman. <laughs> so uh, it's right. I'm going to tell you this right now. It's my number four, but mm. I think we're going to be coming to this film higher up the list above my number four. Like I, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. I yeah. looked at James's face. I was like, yeah, we're going to see that. And I'm guessing it, I'm guessing it's going to be much higher on the list. So what we'll do is we will leave that now, folks. We'll go to James's we'll number five. Yeah. Now. yeah, we'll, we'll return to that. So James, you want to give us your number five? It is Defendor. Oh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yes. He specifically defend door with an O-R. Uh, it's not me mispronouncing words. Yeah, so that's, that's, it's a film, if you haven't seen it, you probably haven't seen it. I only found out about it quite recently. Uh, definitely worth watching. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays a regular kind of man, essentially with, like, with potential like, learning difficulties. He tries to be, um, he basically tries to be a Batman kind of-esque, you know, um, superhero. And... He, he gets into all these scrapes against against you know real, real life gang. It's and it's it's actually really entertaining and you know there's a bit of heart to it as well. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. I uh, yeah, because it came out around the same time as the other movie Super with um uh, what's his name uh, Rain Wilson and uh, yeah. Elliot Page. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Kevin Bacon was in that film as well, I believe. But it's, uh, like, yeah. it's, it's probably a less violent version of Super, and I think I, I think I would see, but I would see films. I think Defender uh, as as a bit more going uh, going forward. Um, I think I think, the, I think the relationship between Woody Harrison and Cat Dennings. I think that, I think those two have those two characters interact. So it's something is really good. I've never heard of this movie, but I just quickly looked it up, um, and I've seen the costume he's wearing, and I don't know. My first impression seems like it could be pretty entertaining, so like, look at that one. It's worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah, no, I definitely highly recommend. If you've never seen Super either, I highly recommend that as well. Uh, it's it's a great movie. So yeah, f- thank you very much for showing your number five. So I'm gonna we're gonna hop over to our number fours now. Uh, so obviously I just mentioned this. Uh, it's um, a Birdman. It's the Dark Knight, people. Uh, so obviously it's Ferguson's number five, my number four, no, 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 James number two or one. So we'll probably come back to this later. But very briefly from myself, uh, yeah, I think this film, I've said in previous podcasts, I am getting a bit tired with Batman now, with DC movies. Like, I think they are overusing the Batman property. But I think the Dark Knight is sort of like the pinnacle of what Christopher Nolan has created so far, in my opinion. Like, out of, out of a lot of his films... I think the Dark Knight is one of the best things ever. I love the the, the practicality, put like the fact he blew up a hospital in in re- reality to actually well not a real hospital but you know staged but still insane. And I I obviously you know post the post I submitted Oscar that Heath Ledger rightfully deserved. Um, obviously not he should have been uh unfortunately alive and received it as well uh but the one thing i will talk about very briefly is i think superhero movies are underappreciated at the oscars and the oscars is a dying thing but yeah superhero movies are heavily underappreciated at the oscars and i think that, um this movie yeah I, I, there's a running joke in uh a oscar opening number with hugh jackman actually um who talks about super why do superhero movies never get nominated so that's a that's a common thing actually. But we'll talk about the Dark Knight later. So I'm gonna hand it over to Chaz now for his uh, number four ish. Number four ish, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number four ish is gonna be Hellboy Two: The Golden Army. Oh. Yeah. So um, something I really like in movies is um, really detailed imaginative world building, especially when it involves like characters and creatures um and hellboy 2 is just full of that sort of stuff um and it's you know obviously it's Guillermo del toro um he he does that stuff really well but i think that he does that particularly well in that movie um you have interesting characters from hellboy anyway but he brings in i think a bunch of original just you know just these cool underworld creatures and a lot of them are practical too um so it's just a really cool movie to watch. It's visually stunning. The behind the scenes, I've watched a bunch because they go into all the, how they did all that stuff, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, uh, we, we've already spoken about Ron Perlman plays Hellboy really well. And uh, also there's loads of cats in it, so that doesn't hurt. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, when uh, he's uh, getting over the uh, the breakup with um, Summer Blair's Liz, uh, Liv Sh- Liz Sherman's character. Also, Seth MacFarlane's in the film, uh, playing a uh, Johann Klaus. Yep, another imaginative. Uh, cre- uh, don't even know what to call it. Creature, character. Yeah, just a cool design. Smoke man. <laughs> just oh, the, it. I just remembered the bit where he beats up uh, Hellboy with the lockers because he breaks yeah. glass, thinks he's like killed the guy, and then. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. I definitely think the uh, the the uh, the literal golden army design and how they move it is just ingenious. And obviously, um, linked to Blade, uh, Blade Two, because obviously Luke Goss uh, playing uh, the villain in the movie was the villain in Blade Two as well. 
And Guillermo del Toro directed that one too. Blade yeah. So, yeah. So uh, amazing choice, Chaz. And obviously, I, I, I like the fact that you you kept your demeanor when we would talk about Hellboy a little bit as well, not not to reveal it. Which I was like, yeah, nice. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I hopefully we get an animated. It could happen with with the way um, superior properties are going now, and what could be done. An animated movie could happen, so be interested to see. Flip it over to Fergus now for his number four. Uh, again, a very big classic movie uh, on the Marvel side this time. Uh, again, two thousand and eight, uh, Iron Man, the original Iron Man, um, definitely set the bar for the new era of Marvel and where it is now. Uh, a very fun film that was pretty new at the time. I think, like, um, I don't think I'd seen much like it before. Um, it's a very entertaining, very funny, had quite a good story and really does deserve to be up there. I'd agree with that. I remember seeing it when it came out and yeah, it had a pretty big impact. It kind of laid down the, the foundation of what we expect from Marvel movies, you know, that quality and also that sort of writing style and yeah, tone and pace. It's a good one. I, literally, I also like the fact that I believe there was a trivia piece I read that they filmed the Avengers post credit scene like with Nick Fury like two weeks before the film came out. So like they filmed like very close to the release date, which I think is insane. And just to think like Kevin Feige, because this is before Disney owned, uh, this was Marvel Entertainment was just Marvel mm. films. It wasn't Disney. To think that Kevin Feige thought, we're going to do it. Let's get this team together. And also Iron Man was not an A-class superhero. Like, because obviously Marvel sold off a lot of their superhero properties in the 90s because of possible bankruptcy. Uh, so obviously selling Spider-Man and the Hulk, which still has issues today. And Iron Man, the only thing I really knew of Iron Man before the movie was the 90s animated TV series. Oh, and obviously yeah. the, uh, the, 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 um, the song as well. Uh, but yeah, no, um, amazing choice. And obviously amazing use of practical effects on the Stan Winston um, factory of uh, armor as well. It was just insane to see that in the movie. And obviously Robert Downey Jr., it was a hot take to actually cast him in the role. And I think it was the perfect decision. Yeah, so, he's, he's gone from strength to strength. I mean, he's still there. Um, 15 years, 10, 20, a very large number of years later. He went from £500,000 salary in the first one to over a $50 million, sorry, mm. sorry, dollar salary to a $50 million salary for Endgame because obviously he put into his contract that he'd get royalties from the films he's in. Because so obviously it was yeah. a big gamble. Yeah. It was a big gamble. And the gamble definitely paid off for him. And that just goes to show characters like, because obviously they were trying to do a Tom Cruise film uh, with mm. Iron Man back in the day, which I thought would have been interesting. Uh, but yeah, honestly, Iron Man is an amazing choice, man amazing choice right i'm gonna flip it over to james now for his number four so this is a film i uh re-watched every weekend actually and i found it just as gripping as when i first watched it and that is the batman it's the uh matt Reeves batman film released this year it's a far dark darker and um, probably the most probably the darkest most greatest take on batman which we have had in uh movie movie uh wise so far and is a true Batman movie in that it's not Bruce Wayne, but it is Batman who is the main uh, main character that we follow. Um, it really does feel that Bruce Wayne in that film, he has made Batman his everything, essentially, in terms of his psychology. And, yeah, I really like it. I really like the world which Matt Reeves is 
developing. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he takes it with um, with the upcoming sequels. I do love in this film that they don't even refer to him as Batman in the film. They call him Vengeance throughout a lot of the film, and like how at the end of the film, you know, it's that it's him learning that he shouldn't be that anymore, and mm-hmm. it's a case of like him as you said like he is batman pretty much through and through this film but he needs to build up that bruce wayne percent i'm hoping in the next one it is a bit more now i'm hoping maybe not too much but it is a bit more light in parts because obviously bruce wayne isn't supposed to be dark he is supposed to be you know the playboy style character and it'll be interested to see robert pattinson pull it off and actually and i think robert pattinson could pull off the dual identity quite well i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens there so yeah Thank you very much for that, James. So this is where it gets a bit controversial for me going into our number threes because my housemate will probably kill me for this. But my number three, he classes as the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. I'm classing it as my number three favorite superhero movie of all time. And that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, so I think the reason, like, this is my number two. I actually flipping them about. I almost did put this in number two, but I think there's another reason why I put my other number two in there. This movie is just stunning. Like, I think the top three, the number one choice was clear to me, pretty much. The number two and three were difficult. This this was really difficult because when I first saw the idea for this film, I thought, can Sony pull this off? Because their track record with superhero films has not been great after Spider-Man 3. Like, all with Spider-Man 3 onwards. Spider-Man 3 is still watchable, but yeah. Especially for Spider- Spider-Man properties. I watched Morbius recently. Eh, that's a whole other story. Um, it's Morbin time. But the fact that this film, like, pulled off what it did. And with the Miles Morales character, which I think was the best decision. Like, amazing acting in this film. The animation changes between each world was insane. The character decisions was just brilliant. I thought the cast was stunning. Um, I'm hoping they bring back all these characters and they just expand it even more. And then Mahash Ali is in this film as well. Like, so he's playing Blade now and he's also, I believe he's playing, he's, he's playing the uncle, uh, the, the prowler in this films. And obviously, you know, yeah. And it's just honestly stunning. And unfortunately I couldn't put this on my number any higher and I'll explain for the top two, but this was literally between two and three. I almost did put my number two, but I'll explain with my number two, but I'm going to hand over to Chaz now for his number three. This is perfect. Cause uh, I, I also have Spider-Verse on my list and my list isn't ordered. So I'll just uh, chime in here. Um, you've already covered most of it, but this movie kind of came out of nowhere a little bit for me. It was just, yeah, so unexpected and so creative. It's, it, it doesn't have any right to be as good as it is because it's just like, there was no like fanfare for it. It just kind of happened. Or I wasn't perceiving a fanfare of it. Um, and yeah, it's, I somehow missed it in the cinema. I'm kicking myself for that, but yeah, it's absolutely stunning. Um, so unique. Um, and I'm really excited that we get a sequel as well. Um, I'm really interested to see what they go and what more, um, what more they can pull off of it really, especially with the fact that multiverse things seems to be a bit of a, a thing now, a bit of a trend, so it'd be interesting to see more of that. I definitely think Into the Sp- Spider-Verse and uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once are probably the films that have actually really perfected the multiverse aspect, in my opinion. I think, like, if Chris... F- Phil Lord, sorry, and Phil Lord can pull off the the sequel for this uh, across the Spider-Verse, obviously we're getting beyond the Spider-Verse, it'll be a stunning achievement. I'm really, really looking forward. And obviously, it, it was delayed till next June, uh, so June 2023 and then it's March 2024. 
But if they could pull this off, I'm so... I cannot wait. I'm not making the mistake a second time and not seeing this one in the theater. Hell, I'll probably see it in IMAX if I can. I saw this in a standard cinema screening, and yeah, I think we'll all definitely be going to see this film in IMAX. So yeah, definitely. So we're going to flip over to Ferguson now for his number three. Number three. Uh, this could be an interesting one, actually. Um, have you seen Megamind? Yes. Love the film. Yeah. Good choice. Yes. Uh, 2010 comedy. Um, Paramount Pictures, again. A uh, supervillain named Megamind. Do... So this is a film where it's seen from the perspective of the villain. Uh, and the hero character is kind of a douche. Uh, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's a perspective you don't see much as outside of kind of like the um, Suicide Squad DC kind of stuff. Uh, so to see it as a family-friendly film and a bit more... Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really good. Def- definitely, definitely watch it. It's something a bit different. Um, yeah, I've I watched like it. To... I, I suppose you, you, you could probably say... In terms of topic matter, it's similar to Despicable Me, but Mega Mind's so much better in my mind. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think with this movie also the final fight sequence to Guns and Roses, I thought was a it's just and also and animation wise, it's just visually stunning as well. And also Brad Pitt as uh, the superhero, I thought was a hilarious casting choice as well. Yes, uh, it kind of heightens the um, underdog versus the you know, Goliath sort of thing, because as I say, we've got Will Ferrell as Megamind. Jonah Hill as Hal, who actually turns into the real villain of the piece, uh, as a cameraman who goes rogue. <laughs> I, did, I did think that was a nice, interesting twist, how he, like, he defeats, you know, the villain, he's like, well, I have to create a new one to, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. not just be bored keep, anymore. Just, just to keep the cycle going. I suspect yeah. Batman and the Joker have a similar sort of vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But no, thank you very much for that, Fergus. So Megamind was Fergus's uh, de facto number three. Flipping mm. over to James now. Uh, James, we take it away. My number three is a film which we have actually already mentioned before, and it's a film with the fantastic Stephen Merchant finally um, playing a role. It is Logan. Um, obviously, he's a smaller one. But, yeah, it's what we call it's uh, final turning in uh, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. And yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's no it's it's not it's not a rated film, much darker than any of the other X-Men films. But I think it really really works. I mean the whole whole film's based just this sense of remaining X-Men of of, of this dying breed, essentially. Um kind of like a, a apocalyptic um universe for them so all 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 dying off. And but yeah I really I did, I did really like it, and I thought it's got some good. Um, again, it's got some good heart to it towards the end, as it's kind of like, you no, know, kind of like passing off a torch to the uh, younger experimental child. So uh, it's definitely worth a watch. I think, yeah, also how in the film I didn't mention this before, how they do reference the X Men comic books, and how he references how like it is in like the comic books. I I'm a bit sad that we won't get any more. I'm hoping with all the multiverse aspects that we can get X twenty three, like the actress who played X twenty three in that movie, back. Like, because, you know, because I believe she's in the um the recent, uh the Compass, the Golden Compass, not the Golden Compass. His Dark, the, his dark Materials. Yeah, His Dark Materials. Yeah, she's she's the main character in that. And, yeah. you know, she's gone, yeah, she's gone into quite a prominent role there. But, you know, um I thought she was great in the movie. And also, the one thing I love about that film is how the final shot of the film, 
with the X. Like, I thought that was the best way. I'm not going to say what the X represents, because I think if you've not seen this film, I know it's been a f- like five, six years now since this came out. Go watch. Yeah, about five years since this came out. Go watch it. it is one- it's a heartfelt movie. And also they have some twists in that film, which I did not expect. I think, like, if I recommend any X-Men movie, well, I guess it's a little bit of a sequel, but it just it's such a good quality movie, not just a good, like, comic book or X-Men movie. So... That's why I also put it on my list. Um, definitely worth a watch if uh, you're trying to pick one to look at. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, speeding along to our number twos. So, right, so I picked Into the Spider-Verse for my number three. Can anyone guess what my number two movie might be? No Way Home. Uh, no, so there are no more Spider-Man movies on my list. I can tell you that now. No Way Home, I didn't oh, even put no. my number mentions, which, yeah, to oh, trick no, you. Is it one of the Avenger movies? Uh, no, Avengers is not the number two spot. Is it The Dark Knight? No, because the Dark Knight's my number four. Four. Oh, oh, oh yeah, because you, you, yeah, because you're you're mad, man. You put it way too low. Yes, I know. I, I already know where James is going with this for later on. Go right. On, so, uh, it's Dread. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Obviously, uh, this is based on the 2000 AD comic book character, um, with Carl Urban, the 2012 movie. So, this film is ten years old now. Uh, just, just I feel old just saying that. Um, yeah. So, actually, uh, this premiered at San Diego Comic Con the 11th of july 2012 so it's literally coming up to its 10th its official release 10th anniversary but it came out in the united kingdom on the september 7th september 7th of 2012 uh it just made over its budget so it was made for 30 to 45 million it was made for 41 million they keep talking about how they're doing a dread tv series uh called mega city one and how carl urban has said he'd come back and if they if they can pull that shit off i'd be straight down like this movie, and also they compare this film to The Raid, how it's literally set in one block going up to fight the final boss. I've, but this movie, though, don't get me wrong, The Raid is a stunning movie, like a, a brilliant movie. But for me, I just think the fact that they pulled off a character, not taking off his helmet, it can be done. You don't have to see the character's face and how the emotion from his mouth. Obviously, Dread is not a very emotive character, but the emotions he does pull off, I think it works. The soundtrack to this film is stunning, like the grungy electronic techno aspect. I'm not into my, you know, into that sort of music, but like the sequence with the Gatling gun is just epic. And also his in the opening intro scene with him on the motorbike, which I think, you know, is great. I know they filmed this in South Africa, I believe in Johannesburg, um, where they filmed this. But yeah, the fact that they pulled this film off for like 30 to 41 million dollars, and that is including everything with like the cast and the, you know, the the um what you call it the um the 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 salaries and everything but i think i have to put this just my number two because I, I we've all seen the judge dread movie back in the day with sylvester stallone which i heard you know stallone did want to keep the helmet on and i'll give him credit the, when he first appears in that film he does look great the city visuals in that movie do look stunning just like the comic book but this movie I think it took the realistic comic book aspect to its limit, like how the Dark Knight brought the realist and the Batman begins brought the early trilogy brought the realistic aspect to Batman. I think this shows how you can do a. It is a futuristic superhero movie as well because it's set in the in it's 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 not post apocalypse to a degree, but if we could get the Brit judges, like obviously you know there are British judges with like the big stereotypical copper helmets versions of the judge which i think would be hilarious or the abc warriors like you know because there's a whole series you know a lot of these comic books are interconnected 
And I know Rebellion are creating their own TV properties now because they've got their own film studio there with the volume technology for the Mandalorians using. But yeah, just going off Dread though, I, I think Carl Irving gives an amazing performance. I think everyone in this movie does a great job. It is dark as fuck, it is action-based as fuck, and I just love this film so much. And I think the only reason this is this went above Spider-Verse for me is because though I love Into the Spider-Verse, I think this film, because it's coming off a previous movie and it's having to take this character and redo it and actually become the cult classic that it has, I think it did it in spades. And I think this is why it deserves to be my number two. Funny, um, you and I are on the same wave, same wave, wavelength today, Nate, because uh, I've also got Dread on my list. So uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you covered it really well. One thing I wanted to say is um, I feel like it took... Um, you know a, a premise and you know a franchise and like really bought like a unique vision like clearly the re- director had an idea about how he wanted this movie to look and he just like it's it, it really comes through like it's so stylistically like great to watch those slow motion scenes are amazing um it's interesting comparison to the raid actually i have seen both and i do think i like this one better they're both good but yeah there's just there's just more to this movie um i won't say too much more but i do want to say a small uh story about it i guess um so one time it was christmas day and for some reason my partner and i uh were wanting a movie to watch and we were just like oh and he was like let's watch uh i've heard dread is good let's watch dread (laughs) so i sat at my christmas dinner (laughs) watching this like mad like psychedelic violent movie so now dread to me is a christmas movie so there you go ready ding 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 bang uh yeah no i mean he is wearing a bit of red and black so i guess that kind of counts and i guess there's a lot of red if you count all the exploding people in the movie um yeah no this i yeah i guess the slow-mo sequences were visually stunning especially that in it like that entering the apartment building with like and just killing all those people in a very fucked up grotesque fashion but yeah no nice wavelength my dude lovely lovely wavelength we are on and i will i guess i'll have to watch that christmas myself now so let's hand it over to fergus for his number two okay so at two uh 2010 superhero film kick-ass the kick yeah pick yeah yeah again yeah. kick-ass um Similar kind of vibe to Scott Pilgrim, I guess, but I mean, they're really properly dressed up superheroes and then you know, they sort of become a group. And of course, the villains are as showy as the heroes are, but they're just regular kids on the street, just they haven't got powers. Villain might have some money, but like the hero is, again, I was going to say Spider Man, but Spider Man's got far more power than this guy. This guy's got a stick and some friends who don't know who he is at night. But it, it, it's, um, again, quite different uh, to what was regularly coming out at the time. Uh, a lot of pretty famous people. Uh, Nicholas Cage, isn't it? Um, That's Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Chloe Moretz as Hit Girl. Um, she was very big for a while, if not still is. This this was uh, her um, this was uh, one of her starting off points really wasn't this it? This is one of her yeah I think so. The let the right one in was the one before this I believe the the vampire film but I believe mm. this is her sort of like you know oh god Jesus Christ she is violent as fuck. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, Christopher Mintzflass who turns up in kind of a lot of these comedy indie American type films. Um, he's the same guy who's McLovin right? Yes that's yes. McLovin yeah. He's got McLovin in it. So, uh, 
it's you know you, yeah 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 <laughs> uh but yeah no kickass is an amazing choice and i know they're believing to reboot this film series as well oh i don't know if i'm behind that well they did re- <laughs> they did they did reboot the comic book well they did continue the comic book series because it continues yeah. with a a new character who is a um I, I can't find it now but yeah basically it's a whole it's a whole new character so yeah um so yeah that's that's an amazing uh film choice dude and uh i like the fact that we're doing like our grungy darker takes on this like lower budget films as well so going on to james's number two infinity war so uh so so that's really yeah uh so i actually really like infinity war it was a really good really good film shortly before infinity war we got a we we got the, the dc version justice league who showed us how not to do a film with a similar concept. And then we had Infinity War, which showed you how to do a film with that kind of concept. And it's, I think it's very easy to do a film like that, as Justice League showed, to do a film like that wrongly. And that's why I'm going to put Infinity War um, quite high. Because I think a lot of things, like I think the villain motivation behind Justice League is poor, whereas the villain motivation behind uh, Infinity War is really good you really feel that um that Thanos you know he's got this conviction and um about, about what he's doing is right even if this is horrific uh and that makes it much more intriguing and more um and more, and more interesting so yeah I think uh going off of Thanos like and also like the effects on him were stunning and how Josh Brolin like completely CGI character but the the emotion that coming through him and just how every emotion conveyed it was just stunning i i will say like the ending to, i i remember going to see this film with all of us and coming out of the film going what the fuck just happened That's and having to wait pretty much a year for the next one was insane yeah it was it was, it was definitely a really big spectacle when it comes to cinema which was like a must watch at the time and yeah i expected at the ending it's it's, it's yeah it's Really worth, really worth watching. Really well done for that kind of concept, which, as I say, it's not easy to do well. So, so like, I thought that we would talk a bit more about some of the Marvel movies, actually. Um, and obviously, I mentioned it as an uh, honorable mention. Um, but one of the things that stands out to me is just, you know, films are incredibly complicated and there's so many logistics. And the fact that they got all of these movies to line up and all of these plot points over basically decades <laughs> to all come together in, like, a really satisfying way... Uh, just if nothing else it's got to be appreciated and yeah it's a really entertaining movie with great characters and it's we're not going to see anything like that for a long time so i i also love the fact that this film brought about the trailer the trailer uh tricking people how they created entire visual effects shots that weren't in the film how the final sequence of like the hulk is there just charging with all the crew to, and not in the film like they created entire visual effects just uh and they did this with um uh, spider-man as well which i think is incredible to do uh but yeah no honestly infinity war and the fact yeah i said they had to give us a year <laughs> it was a year just to speculate and contemplate what was going on that's an amazing choice james that is an amazing choice so we're going to our number ones now people our number ones so i guess james spoke about infinity war and you know i guess i might as well bring the second half of this into this so my number one movie, uh, superhero movie of all time, is Avengers Endgame. I think this has to go at number one because Chaz, literally, we did this on Discord, people. I was literally rolling my fingers because I was like, he was talking about, you know, bringing this all together and putting this all in line and, the, you know, wrapping it all up. I think Endgame 
10 years, 10, 11 years of movies, over 15 movies, I believe, at the time, 16 movies and wrapping it all up. Actually, no, it's probably more than that, to be honest, by this point. And the amount of work, like, Kevin Feige deserves an Oscar alone for the, you know, the amount of work he is, you know, orchestrating his... He, DC really need their own Kevin Feige, to be honest, but which he almost did possibly go to um, DC at one point. But, yeah, Endgame, we have friends who've seen me tear up at this film in the cinema screening when we watched it. You know, that I've watched that entrance scene with Captain America by himself and everyone turning up. And that song Portals playing so many times. That shot of all the superheroes lining up against the enemy is just, it's going to go to, I don't know how they're going to top that. Like, I know they said a few years ago that Kevin Feige has been planning the next 10 years. And if he can pull off the next level of Endgame, like with, with the multiverse now, th that would be one of the most insane things to ever happen like a lot of people have said we will never get another end game in our lifetime but if he can pull it off going forward i will i don't know what i'll do like are you happy oh yeah i'll die i'll die very happy but yeah no end game to me like also steve rogers lifting that hammer and thor going i knew it like because obviously that goes back to like age of ultron like and because there's a theory of how steve rogers could lift the hammer at that point but he chose not to because of like you know ego and not wanting to disappoint thor in every film but just beating thanos's ass with that hammer and just like and obviously you know thor says you have the tiny one like the hammer and everything i, I thought it was hilarious and yeah just the conclusion of uh iron man's story and i i just think like that is that was just perfect in my opinion um and i just think it's just the perfect wrap-up for the film series and i know I know a few of our friends pretty much stopped watching after Endgame because it was like, mm. that was a conclusion to an entire series because it is lit the literal Endgame. And I think, and obviously with the, all the Marvel TV shows coming in now, there's so much content to watch now for Marvel to keep up with. Endgame was that nice conclusion for a lot of people. And I think to pull that off is just a unto achievement in itself. And, I, and for a film that is three hours as well, it, it, it speeds along it speeds along quite well and that's why it's my number one so yeah right obviously i think that pretty much sums that my number one up uh for everything i tied up in a nice little infinity uh, infinite bow uh so chad you want to give us your number one uh, i mean it's not number one because mine was just in a random order and i honestly probably wouldn't put this at the top of the list but um I did want to mention it because uh, i wanted to pick a, a marvel movie because i do enjoy them i do watch the good ones are the ones that are, you know, highly rated. So I was thinking, which one shall I pick? Which ones most recently have I enjoyed a lot? Um, so I went with uh, For Ragnarok. Um, it's just a really fun movie. Um, visually, it's really nice. Uh, it's uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, he's got a really cool, um, a really good style. Um, you can tell his stuff. Uh, I've seen some other of his movies and I enjoy them. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best one but uh in terms of you know enjoyment for me um it was really good and uh it was recommended um even if you haven't seen the other ones yeah no definitely agree and the the the, the visual flair of that film and even the just the inclusion of jeff goldblum which i thought was hilarious and the soundtrack alone is just stunning which literally goes from the get-go like the soundtrack just hits from the beginning and yeah that's an amazing choice dude that is an amazing amazing choice and yeah go go watch that movie people and then get ready for the love and the thunder. Bring the thunder. 
yeah, definitely um, looking forward to to that on uh, on Friday. Yeah, definitely. Right. Thank you very much for that chat. So off to Fergus's number one. Okay, number one, two thousand and five, starring Natalie Portman. What do you guess? V for Vendetta. It is V for Vendetta. Uh, I again, an extremely good film. I've watched multiple times. Um, like. The level, the level of cultural like adoption for this film is something that to be noted. Like the masks, V's mask turns up a lot. Like it is, it's you know. It's, so the the plot is futuristic totalitarian Britain. Freedom fighter uses terrorist tactics to fight an oppressive society, uh, and eventually starts a revolutionary movement where you know things happen but this has been adopted by basically anyone who goes to a protest in the uk they will turn up with this mask uh, there are some groups that have basically based their entire identities around this mask so <laughs> like this is one standalone film uh i think this is a um well to be fair i think they like to keep anonymous yes well hence the mask yes but, um, um... <laughs> it was a joke just fun. Uh, this is an Alan Moore comic book, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, published 1982 uh, originally, which is some time ago now. Um, Hugo Weaving does V justice, like pretty hard. Um, Stephen Fry's in it, a uh, bunch of other great people, including Natalie Portman, who is the main female protagonist, antagonist, I guess protagonist, from the perspective of this film. Yeah, again, a truly great movie that has been adopted culturally massively um, and should be watched more. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I know um, the original casting for V wasn't Hugo Weaving, actually. It was um, James Purefoy, originally. It was actually supposed to be the role, but he, um, and he remains un- he has uncredited. He, he remains uncred- remained uncredited because he had to leave six weeks into filming. Um, so yeah, uh, but you know, honestly, there's that just one speech in the movie where he's like, "The only virtue is vengeance, a vendetta held as a virtue. I'm not vain for the value of veracity of one such. One shall one day vindicate the vigilant, the virtuous, verify the vicarious of verbose first, most verbose. So let me simply add that it's a very good honor to meet you, and you may call me V. Like the, oh, the speeches are quite something. Yeah, I that, hope you read is... that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did That's read just it. Like I don't... in your head. Oh uh, no! I actually went to a casting perf- uh, casting role, and I actually took that as my um, like casting because I thought, yeah, that is just insane to do. But yeah, there's, and that movie is visually stunning. The fact that Natalie Portman had her head shaved on camera as well, mm. like for that, for that, and like I believe, like the emotions within that scene were just stunning. And yeah, an amazing superhero movie and just brilliant unto itself. That's an amazing choice, folks. That is an amazing, amazing choice. And if you've never seen that film. You may hear 2005, but it doesn't feel like a 2005 movie because it's very stylized in what it is. So it's pretty it timeless. Up. Yeah, yeah. And it's very relevant today for some <laughs> things. Even from 1982 when it was first serialized. Yes, most definitely. But no, thank you very much for that, Fergus. Right. So I'm guessing we know where James is going with his number one. So I'm just going to put the floodlight into the sky and let James take us into his number one. Yes, it is, it is, of course, for Dark Knight. Uh, to be fair, it is my most, most watched uh, superhero film, so I've got to put it over a number one spot. Uh, I do find Nolan, all of Nolan's trilogy to be 
the most rewatchable um, superhero films out there, which is probably why I love them so much. They're just um, endlessly entertaining. Um, and there's also a lot of good themes which run through them. And I'd love, I love how Nolan does a lot of foreshadowing in his films and everything just feels like it's connected. Everything, all the threads can like feel connected as, it, as the films go, uh, go on. And the performances in that film are legendary. It's um, and I, and actually, I'm going to shout out um, Alan Eckhart's performance as Two Face because I think that's one which is really good, which is always overshadowed by Hugh Fletcher, which he was absolutely amazing as well. But um, yeah, Two Face is also um, really really good. Underutilized, unfortunately. That's my only criticism of that film. I would have loved, I would have loved to have seen a full fledged film. Um, with Alan Eckhart as Two-Face. It is interesting how the uh, Dino Rises pretty much uses Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face as the driving, the initial driving point for that film as well, which is interesting how that continues on. But yeah, no, that's I, I love the fact that, you know, uh, also it's the first Batman movie where Batman could turn his head <laughs> in the suit, which I think is hilarious. Um, yeah, no, and honestly, this it's such a stunning, a stunning movie. Um, and... The fact that he leaves Gotham as well in that movie, I just thought was like, you know, um, you know, he, just honestly, it's so brilliant. Uh, and obviously introduced introduced a new uh, vehicle to the Batman arsenal, the the Batbike, which I thought was uh, and obviously, you know, they had the practicality with the uh, the truck flipping scene. But yeah, no, uh, honestly, I think I think we sort of sporadically spoke about um, the Dark Knight as we went through because we knew I think like knowing that the Batman was going to be in James's list as soon as it got to number four. And I mentioned mine. I, I, I kind of figured it was either going to be number two or number one for James. But no, thank you very much for that, James. Thank you very much. Right, people. That is the list. And now the end is near. And so the podcast is finally over. Thank you for joining us this week on our 25th episode. I, that doesn't rhyme, but I don't care. But thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. It's been a lovely, lovely time to have you here. Obviously, you know, we try to do these topics each week. We may do another topic next week. Actually, we do actually have a topic in mind next week. And if you do want to uh, come next week, uh, Fergus is chuckling in the background because it's going to be a very interesting topic that's probably just going to be me and him for next week. To be honest. I'm hoping more people join us for this one. Can I say what it is yet? Uh, let's let's leave it for let's now. It but for it's, now. It's, it's, it is Japanese based. Yes, we can, get into, we can get into this. We can get into this. I have offered to join the podcast next week. Just so I can keep saying WTF repeatedly. Uh, you, can, you can keep me grounded. I mean, don't go too into a rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. You know, oh, actually, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll basically just go, ooh, ooh, ooh. like, I'll just, uh, just add that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 My, my, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, people, uh, definitely join us next week for that. But thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, this week. I'd like to thank you, my, uh, thank you to my host, Chaz Ferguson James, for joining me today. Yeah, it's been good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a good discussion. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us again today. So, people, again, the end is near, and I'd like to bring us all to our social channels for you to contact us. And if you'd like to get in contact for any questions, queries, or compliments, feel free to email us at nmipodcasteroutlook.com. That's nmipodcasteroutlook.com. Uh, look for our socials on Linktree by searching NMICast. That will point you into the direction of all of our Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Twitter. If you do, or if you just want to search for us via Instagram or Twitter, search for us at NMICast. Drop us any questions, queries, or compliments, any 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 topic suggestions, any, you know, what are your top five superior lists? Or maybe like 
give us your impressions of the new Thor Love and Thunder because by the time the next episode comes out we would have actually done a review of the movie so definitely check back next week for that again join us next Tuesday for the Love and Thunder movie trailer uh, sorry, review. <laughs> Spot. Note, we will be doing a review, initial review, uh, and then we will cut off at that point for people to drop off if you've not seen the film. And then we'll be doing a spoiler discussion afterwards. We will let you know ahead of time so you can go off without any spoilers. So I've been your host, Nate. Again, I'd like to thank Charles Ferguson Jones for joining me today. Stay safe, everyone. Speak to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>